Welcome to the DNVGL Talks Energy podcast series. Electrification, rise of renewables and new technologies supported by more data and IT systems are transforming the power system. Join us each week as we discuss these changes with guests from around the industry. Welcome to the last episode of Series 6 of DNVGL Talks Energy. My guest today is Colin Yu, Vice President of Envision Digital. Welcome, Colin. Yes, good to be here. Colin, we want to talk about new technologies and ways to connecting new technologies via the Internet of Things. But before we get into this topic, it would be great if you could introduce yourself as well as Envision. Uh, Envision is a group of companies, uh, so we invest a lot in uh, core technologies, including hardware and uh, software. So the whole motivation is to create a sustainable future for humankind. So I'm the uh, vice president, like mainly focus on building the IoT technology platform for the group. Envision has made quite a remarkable development. I have uh, learned about the company when you were a wind turbine manufacturer. Um, today, you call yourself the world's leading renewable technology and energy IoT platform company. Can you share with us what is driving Envision? Yeah, I think that driving Envision is what is needed to create this kind of sustainable future. So in the beginning, we think that the cost of energy, renewable energy, is the first priority. That's why we have the wind turbines. The smart, the smart wind turbines. So we invested like the the most like uh, high performance, effective wind turbine in order to lower the cost of the renewable and make renewable become uh, affordable uh, to everyone. So that's why we have the wind turbines business at the beginning. But over time, you can see that the cost energy is not the 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 major one uh, to get uh, renewable into the market. It's the because the intermittencies and uh, of the renewable make it hard to be consumed. Uh, so that's why we focus on the synergy uh, of the energy uh, to make it like, uh, uh, accessible and uh, to become uh, available to the grid to be consumed by most our customers. That's how we uh, create a software business in order to decentralize right? uh, uh, renewable energy like, uh, to be manageable to be able to uh, predictable, to be able to uh, combine with other energy resources, and we'll be able to do the balance and control and uh, energy management system with the IoT platform to uh, make it affordable to the, to the grid, right? To be safe, secure to the grid to consume all these renewable assets. So that's the evolution from the cost of energy to the synergy of energy. Right, and you are not only doing this in China. I know that also with your wind business, you went to South America. You have opened up a digital hub here in Singapore. So you offer this for international clients. Yeah, so I mean, from the beginning, so we are quite uh, international. Like, because we think we are saving the problem, not just for China. Uh, like, decarbonization must happen like globally. So no matter from uh, uh, the wind turbines or the solar and to, uh, energy storage to the IoT platform, we serve our customers globally, like from North America to Europe to South America to Asia. And especially now we are opening up specifically for Singapore and Southeast Asia. Right. Let's talk a little bit about the Internet of Things. Um, if you go to IoT conferences, uh, there's a lot of big words, a lot of vision statements. 
when you go to the uh, booths of certain uh, providers, you might sometimes still find little breakout board pilots and uh, all these kind of things. From your perspective, uh, how far developed is Internet of Things already and what actually needs to happen to get it to a scale? Uh, we are discussing today solving problems, connecting all kinds of devices and having more intelligent grids and energy systems. Yeah, I think the mindset, I mean, everything is like, uh, evolving over time, like especially for new technologies. So it's not, it's not a surprise right, to IoT to be adopted as a core platform to make sure that OT, the operation technology, it will be available to combine, will be easy to combine with IT technologies. Uh, so in fact, I would say like IoT is mature in some of the fields already. For example, like for NOS, so as an IoT platform, we already connected to 50 million devices. And uh, that, that actually combined with 100, over 100 gigawatt of assets. So think about that, like we connected to many, many, like uh, thousands, uh, uh, many thousands of wind turbines and uh, lots of like, uh, I think like, the mediums of like uh, uh, the solar panels and the inverters, right? So, and uh, lots of like, like EVs and charge poles, right? All this actually like uh, from the energy perspective, like connecting to those devices are mature. And the second one is to be able to create a meaningful like solution. Like we are talking about device and data and then, and then the actions on the data, right? So if you focus on a particular field, for example, like wind turbines, like uh, performance enhancement and uh, predictive maintenance, these fields are, I, I, would, I would argue that those are mature solutions. We have been deploying this kind of solutions to many customers, like patterns, shell, and, uh, and globally. So they, those are actually running like well for a couple of years. So before some of the new like IoT solution, such as a vehicle to the grid, right? Because lots of challenging is not the technology itself. It's like the policies, the business models. So we are still experimenting, experimenting like on those solutions. So I would say the IoT, from the platform technology perspective, they are mature. But for the application, vertical application, that we are growing like from some of the, some of the like existing, existing places, like asset management to, to like a new business model, like aggregation of asset to provide facilities, right? Those are pretty uh, new. And uh, so we still need to invest a lot for the future. Could you elaborate a little bit more about the big barriers or the greatest challenges for IoT? Yeah, I, I would say like for challenges, like, uh, so the first one is not the uh, pure IT technology. So because actually like, uh, so from architecture, like perspective, right? Technology perspective, everyone like almost have a similar architecture like from device to data to uh, to insight and to uh, controls right or, or uh, actions so I think like lots of players are doing well on uh, a layer of the technologies I believe the the best the, the biggest barrier is understanding uh, the business so like the IT like the platform player might not be able to know about all the operating like challenges just give you an example like in China, so if you want to connect the wind turbine to the cloud, so you need to have a specific like, uh, 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 I mean the, the data forwarder. You cannot just connect like with TCP IP or, or the, the, those like the, the, the normal like uh, uh, transportation, uh, 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 the, part, the network protocols, it, it's not allowed. 
you have to like put into a buffer and a data buffer. The buffer is a one single unidirectional buffer that store the data and forward to the cloud, right? So this simple thing is to make sure that you understand like the security, safety, and the regulation policies and create a corresponding uh, solution. And so once you forward the data, so you lose the 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 some of the the data quality will become an issue. So for example, there's some data we suddenly like some of the reading is not reasonable, it's an outlier. So, but you store in a buffer and, and forward, and then you, you probably lose the association where the data coming from, why it has like the, the wrong format or the wrong reading of the data. So the whole, the whole data pipeline to read the data, process data, and correct the data, make sure the data quality is good, and then how to use the data as a data models for the later on to do the data mining and, and also machine learning. Those are also challenges. Of course, like policies, right? Regulations always play a critical role, right? In the IoT stuff, right? Because security, like privacy, right? So we in today's like panel, you talk about lots of privacy and security. Those are not new, like to the to the industry. So and some of the in China, so of course, like they are not the 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 business model is opening up, like. Uh, it's much better than uh, before, but the policies, uh, the regulation uh, policymaker right, still need to take time right, to digest what's going on in the world and then make the best decision for the country. So those are will impose lots of like, uh, mandatory like, uh, requirement to the application and to the platform itself. So those are all the challenges like, coming from the like, uh, uh, device side device the different device side and uh, data data quality side understand the technology so what does it mean right to correlate those data and also the policy security requirements there's lots of challenges yes. in that, yeah looking ahead i would be interested in your view on uh, ownership and location of data well so when we look into private use cases mm -hmm. uh, maybe let it be WeChat in China, let it be Facebook uh, elsewhere. Um, despite all our concerns about privacy and all these things, we have happily adopted that habit to share a lot of things with a lot of people. Uh, in the industry space, we still see that ownership of data and location of data is quite important. Location of data very often because of uh, country policies, as you just mentioned. But going ahead, if we really want to unlock the whole value of digitalization for, like, on the global scale, uh, what would you think? Will we see the same development we saw with private data, that we move to a more open sharing economy there, or will there always be these barriers in place? But I, I believe, like, th this must be the balance between uh, privacy and uh, intelligence. Like, for the, we call big data, right? We always call big data, and. Uh, but I would say like we need to remove first the data, like lo the location data, the product data must reside in the country, follow the policies of the country regulation. That we cannot uh, we, we cannot break like uh, like from that kind of regulation. But how we do that like so because of lots of detailed data reside in the local storage. But think about that. What you, what do you need is not really specific. Lots of model doesn't need to take like specific location or the ID of devices. You can remove those like private data, but actually you still can generate, you can train a machine learning model like with the local in the country, but the model itself doesn't contain 
any other product information anymore. For example, you could characterize a location, right? With the with the location data, the terrain data, the weather data, right? Those are the input of the model. So we could train the model, and once you take the model out from the country, like to apply the same model to other location, it will work. So because those are the those are the features of your models. So so basically, we could train models like generic model from different locations and combine a set of different models and you can still create optimization of model of models. That's how we actually, that's how we work. I right? like to keep like continue, keep continuing to enhance the overall model yeah, in the long run. Right. Um, as we briefly said at the beginning, Envision has opened its global digital innovation hub here in Singapore. I would be curious to learn why Singapore? We had a very similar discussion. Our own company opening up this digital hub here in Singapore, so there must be good reasons for this. But, <laughs> but what's, what were your reasons? And especially what is kind of your vision going ahead? What do you want to establish here? Yeah, I, because I have been working with like Singapore, like governments and uh, agencies and, uh, and enterprises like, for quite a while. I found out like, uh, first in Singapore, like uh, it's a combination about Western culture and uh, and Chinese and our Eastern culture, I would say Oriental country and Western country. Uh, so they are hardworking first. They are really data oriented. So they also have like the, the mind of freedom like, and really be open minded. So, so that's why you could easily work with like different uh, agencies and companies on innovation. And uh, Singapore has a lot of like uh, tenants also. Uh, so we could, we have the talent group to work together on some specific project. and. Uh, the motivation, like I think that there's a lot of motivation from uh, Singapore, like uh, uh, to make Singapore as a living lab about, uh, like for example, renewable, livable, right, and uh, and vibrant like environment as a role model for the country. So that's why this kind of motivation, like, could help us to really like go straight forward to the to the to the task to get the, like the goal driven, like. Uh, a model to, to get things done that can do mindset is really important in Singapore also. So that's why we can see that projects are moving really well, like with government agencies and enterprises into yeah uh, in Singapore. And uh, so the other the other the other uh, the other on the other side, Singapore how Singapore become a role model actually like uh, uh, of the world. So uh, the Prime Minister of Singapore like uh, came to Evision, so he gave us a. Uh, guidance is that so if we could make like Singapore doing really well in Singapore all the solutions all the products we are doing well in Singapore can which has been proven to be the success good quality product can be rolled out scaled out to the entire world with the help of the enterprise of government agencies and enterprise because they do have really good international business so for example once you work with one company in Singapore, they have like the similar project in Vietnam, in Thailand, in Malaysia, right, and in China. So actually, they we could easily scale out the whole project like outside of Singapore. We could just like Singapore, one belt, one row, right. So that is how we could see that we could focus on get things done, and also we be scalable over time. Right. Um, we are unfortunately coming uh, to the end of this episode mm -hmm. already, but uh, I, I want to tie it back a little bit to the mm -hmm. Singapore International Energy Week, uh, which is happening right here uh, while we are recording. Mm -hmm. 
um, and also uh, remind us that the intergovernmental panel of climate change has uh, issued a very alarming report uh, at the beginning of this month about what needs to happen to prevent climate change. So if you look into the, the topics discussed here and the, the, the awareness of urgency, uh, how satisfied are you with how fast the industry is moving to more, towards a less uh, carbon-emitting uh, industry? And what is your major takeaway from Siu? Yeah, I, I would say like from the, my observation, things are happening. So it's a year over year, I can see progress. But I, I would argue that like, to be my personal view, we are still too slow, not brave like, enough to to like solve like the lots of problems so i can but actually today i can see that like from the we we can see not, not that much input from the from the uh the regulators like we have a lot of input uh from the industries and but industries actually doing uh uh i would say like point-to-point -point solutions there are a lot like point-to-point solutions but how to make those people working as an ecosystem to solve the global challenges i i cannot see that happening that much, but everyone is fighting their own path, right, to solve like all the problems. So I I I I still uh, really hope to see like what we bring everyone together, like against like the, our like human beings, like like the biggest challenges over time. Yeah, and I can say we are brave enough to break the barrier and try. I would say had a can do and a will do mindset to try new things and, and experiment and uh, fail fast. And then actually like, get the new product and uh, innovation like, out the door quickly. That's why I wish like, the next year so we can see uh, big progress. Yeah. Thank you very much, Colin, for your very interesting insights and good thoughts. Um, that was Colin Yu, Vice President of Envision Digital. Thank you for listening to this DNVGL Talks Energy podcast. To hear more podcasts in the series, please visit dnvgl.com slash talksenergy.